0: episode 38 this episode brought to you by reelsandtackle.com your family-owned online tackle store welcome to the telltale fisherman podcast where avid anglers share the story of their best fishing day ever to inspire yours now it's time for another epic adventure so here's your host john woodson Okay, welcome to the show. Today's Mm -hmm. guest is Jackson Kennedy, who's coming to us from Blythe, California. Jackson, how you doing?
1: Doing well. How about yourself?
0: Oh, doing very well and uh, really excited about talking to you today. Before we jump off into the fishing, how about we just uh, have you tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, what you do and uh, what keeps you busy between fishing trips?
1: Sure. Um, you know, uh, I kind of started uh, taking fishing quite seriously uh, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. But it's always been something I've been doing ever all my life. Um, I got to thank my grandmother, um, who taught my father how to fish, and my father, who ended up t- teaching me how to fish. It was really a blessing in disguise. Yeah. And um, I've been fishing ever since I was a young kid, you know, going on little fishing trips with my father. Um, mostly trout fishing and stuff like that. But at the same time, once we, when we were, I was six months old, we moved to, um, not California, but black California, I should say. And, um, we have the Colorado river and a lot of canals uh, because of the irrigation town and farming and such. And, um, yeah, we have like, you know, backwaters too that the canals actually flow into, so the water discharge actually goes back to the Colorado river
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it's plenty of great fishing. And uh, I mean, it's, you know, people take it for granted and I know I sure did in high school because I mean, in high school, you know, who, who's really thinking about fishing at that point, you know, I was really into <laughs> sports and yeah. just, you know, a whole bunch of other things, but it's something now that is a saving grace in my life. And um, I'm blessed to just have it and enjoy it the, for what it is. And, um, you know, recently here, I'm going to be taking um, college courses again. I've, I've already kind of taken them before, but this time I got to take certain classes in order to become a federal agent for the state of California Ooh. as a uh, fish and wildlife game warden.
0: Oh, nice. So, well, it sounds like with, with the new uh, career path you're you're heading down there, you're going to have a great opportunity to... Uh, help with conservation efforts, and, and that's going to be fantastic. Um, so I, I wanted to just ask you a little bit about all the species, I mean, that you've uh, caught and do catch out there.
1: Pretty much um, here in uh, where I live in Black, California, we have uh, a lot of largemouth and a, um, I'd say, three-fourths of amount of largemouth to smallmouth we have ratio, if that makes any sense. But still, we have both both uh, strains of bass, and um, they're very fun to catch. And some of them do get double digits, and mm. um, those that's, those are the ones that I'm kind of after at this moment. Um, I was actually fishing yesterday, and I spent all day on the water. And uh, I'm a little sore still, but you know, <laughs> no pain, no gain. And um, yep. I'm still after you know that big and that, that that big thick girl. So you know, I'm just taking it one day at a time and you know december you know it's you know i, I call it december disappointments because <laughs> you know it's 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 cold yeah. and some of these fish go dormant
2: yeah. and
1: they're they go lethargic and they just don't want to move for nothing and if they do move they want that food served to their face with a with a napkin and a fork in hand but uh you know they don't want anything else and the other species we have around here uh we have an invasive species of uh, striped bass hmm. that was kind of introduced into the Colorado River due to the aqueduct system, which is a uh, series of pipes that is from Lake Havasu, Arizona. But the the striper are just aggressive. I mean, at a young age, they'll go through any little you know hole in the gate or anything, and they'll swim up and down current. Hmm. And what is what is developed here in this town. And, and I've actually watched it and seen it decrease slowly, which is a good thing. Um, but what they do is they're very predatorial. I mean, th- we're talking about a fish that originally comes from saltwater and is based kind of on the East Coast. Yep. And um, pretty much here on the West Coast, especially here in Southern California in the desert area next to Arizona, seeing a striped bass, Maybe in Havasu is, is a whole different story because they're kind of used to seeing it. But here, you know, where I live, it's like, oh, no, because what they do is any fish, like, and I mean any fish that is maybe their size or a little smaller, they are aggressive and very territorial and don't hesitate to eat them or attack them.
2: Mm. And what it
1: does is it wipes out the uh, threadfin shad we have and the gizzard shad along with the bluegill, yeah. which are pretty much base or, uh, you know, base, base species fish that the bass flourish, flourish on, excuse me. Right. And, um, pretty much, you know, with that, it's hard for these bass here in this town to really get that, get to that double digit weight marker. And that's why we only have a few and a few only, and they're like, mm. you know, catching a, you know, or seeing a unicorn. It doesn't really happen too often, but what it does, it's very special.
0: Right, right. So, what what is that big benchmark bass out there for you guys here in Florida? It's kind of the ten pounder. I mean, is that about the same size you're looking for there?
1: Yeah, pretty much. What I've known of, because I have you know buddies and stuff like that who've actually caught some of the ten pounders that are in this area. Um, I, I'd say the, the the marker is about ten pounds, ten pounds yeah. by nine ounces.
0: Wow. Well, now, I understand you do a little bit of uh, saltwater fishing as well, not not just uh, freshwater fishing for you out there. Tell us about that.
1: Well, in Blythe, you know, it, it's it's primarily freshwater, but where I do go to go saltwater fishing is San Diego, California, um, Mission Bay, and uh, Point Loma and stuff like that. And then um, I, the other places I do visit is Huntington Beach, California and Newport Beach, California, which... I have family in uh, Huntington Beach, and so it's a little bit of uh, a nice little tree and stuff like that. Ever since I did get into fishing, you know, a few years back, and take it seriously, and you know, the the whole saltwater thing, you know, I I was always just curious about you know the species of the spotted bay bass and the calico bass, just because I've been catching freshwater bass and I've been loving the fights that they put. And then even the striped bass, that fight even harder and just more, you know, vigorously. And it's just, it's really just something else. But, um, the saltwater species, I never knew anything about. So, you know, this year, especially I took it upon myself to really look into it and go about it. And what I've done is, you know, I've gone out to Huntington beach and, um, you know, I caught my first spotted bay bass right there on the, um, I want to say it's the Santa Barbara river. Mm-hmm. And where it flows from mainland, I want it's a discharge kind of from like the city and a freshwater source, and it flows right into the ocean. Okay. And there's this jetty, this little rock jetty, you want to walk out on there. Right. So right. I was walking out there and I, uh, you know, casted this lure that I was recommended to throw. And I, I was really just like, I, was, I wasn't really thinking I was going to catch anything because the previous day, we had fresh rainfall, and um, which pretty much decreases or increases or yeah decreases the salinity in the salt water. Yep. So all of the saltwater creatures and fish and everything they push their way back out into the ocean until everything levels back out. So I was really just kind of discouraged. I just didn't think that I was really going to hook into anything, and if this was going to be like a practice trial run and stuff like that. Well, I make a cast. And I slowly, you know, drag it back in next thing. I know, thump. And I was like, Whoa, I set the hook and I'm using, you know, a spinning rod at this point. I wasn't using a bait casting rod or anything like that Mm -hmm. and thump. And I was like, Whoa, killing drag. And I was so impressed by this, the fight of this fish. It was insane. Like just for it being possibly a two pounder, one and a half pound, a spotted bay bass, it was aggressive. And just, just had so much attitude I was like, whoa, this is crazy. I can only imagine what a five-pound calico feels like. I can only imagine what a three-pound spotted bay bass feels like. And this yeah. guy's only maybe like a pound and a half. And I was, just, I was just really impressed. And, uh, you know, he took my lure, went straight down to the rocks where my feet were kind of, but like off to the distance and try to you know bury himself in the kelp and stuff like that I was like oh my gosh but (laughs) luckily I had the upper hand the leverage on him and you know got him up and that was something really cool that was my first saltwater catch experience.
0: When we get back Jackson is going to share another epic saltwater fishing story with us so stay tuned. Live bait is often the difference between an epic day and a slow day of fishing. On my last vacation we were fishing for snook on the beach. The fish were there, but the bait was not. So, I ended up driving my boat a mile away to catch bait and then transported them back to the spot on the beach with a five-gallon bucket. However, in the hot Florida sun, that plan did not work out so well. But now, I found a much better portable option for keeping bait alive on the boat and on shore. Visit tell.fish gear to check it out. All right, let's get back to the action with Jackson Kennedy in his next epic saltwater fishing adventure.
1: Recently, um, this summer, my mother has never been to Catalina Island, so... Mm -hmm. Me and my brother and, you know, we kind of coordinated this little trip where me and my family took a trip out to Catalina Island. And every day, you know, my, my mom didn't want to do anything but, you know, enjoy the place and just kind of do her own thing. So I was like, all right, cool. Well, I'm bringing fishing gear. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I, I went fishing every day. And I knocked a lot of species off my list and got to see some things that a lot of people wouldn't necessarily see if they're fishing land-based from California. Mm-hmm. And um, catching tons of calico bass, but nothing too big. I was fishing, you know, on the shore and bait, shore and you know the pier and stuff like that. Um, this gentleman walked up to me and he kind of noticed I was using a, you know, not the typical. Tackle that everyone else kind of was using, and because I kind of brought my stuff from home, and you know I'm a bass angler, on am water at least, and so pretty much he's seen my stuff, and he was like, hey, you know, you know, you a nice rod and nice reel and stuff like that, and you know, like, yeah, you know, you know, this is my company, Piscifun, you know, I work with, and they sponsor me and stuff like that, and you know, then this is you know number eight tackle rod, you know, that's the sister company, you know, Thirteen Tackle, and you know they're great people, they've always been good to me, and they've you know. Make a great product for, you know, not even that bad of a price. I mean, it doesn't really put that bad of a dent in your wallet. And we we're the, the conversation carried on, and he was like, "Yeah, I want to go. Fi- I wanted, I wanted to go out on a boat and go fishing. You know, I'm only here for a couple of days, so I, I just go. You know what? Would you be down to go house on a uh, the cost of a rental boat?" And he looked at me astonished, like, "Are you serious?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm dead serious." And he was like, "Yeah, well, let's go." And we said, and we exchanged numbers, and he was a gentleman from from Bulgaria who's a doctor in Costa Mesa, California. Oh, okay. so it was it was it was really interesting meeting him and, and, you know, we exchanged numbers and we set up a date to, you know, go fishing and we knew exactly where we were going to go rent a boat because, you know, family friend owns mm-hmm. the business. Oh, cool. And, um, and pretty much, you know, he gave us a good rate to go out for like, you know, four hours because I would have loved to stay out there for, you know, eight hours. Oh yeah. Maybe even all day. But, uh, he had to come back in because he had to catch the ferry to go back to mainland. Mm, Okay. So pretty much we go out there and we're fishing and stuff like that. Um, he's hooking into Calico bass. I'm hooking into Calico bass and they're not the size that I'm looking for because we're not going too far from Avalon, which is a little coven Marina and hotspot for tourists and stuff like that, which you know, gets, you know, that's a whole different other story, but, uh, pretty much like that area and then the outskirts of it. It's just, you know, there's prime fishing all around that island, but just where we mm-hmm. were at that point in time, and maybe it was the time of year or, you know, something. Adi- I'm not too sure because I'm still fairly new to ocean fishing, and mm-hmm. saltwater fishing, but we were catching, you know, calico bass, you know, not keeper size, nothing over 14 inches or nothing like that. And he hooked into a halibut. You hooked into a small um, ocean whitefish, and I was just like, you know what i'm i'm getting tired of watching them catch all these fish right now and i (laughs) I gotta do stuff i gotta do something different yeah so i throw on i throw on this nice fat lucky strike uh rip bait Mm -hmm. which is you know a jerk bait yeah and i tie it on and i'm like you know what yeah i know i got maybe a 20 pound fluorocarbon on this reel but you know what All or nothing, you know, go big or go home. Mm -hmm. I got to, I got to figure out at least something. So I whip it out there, whip it out there as far as I can. And I, you know, this is the first time me kind of throwing this reel on the rod and stuff like that. And, you know, I kind of had a little bit of a backlash. So I'm pulling it out and all of a sudden I hear something like hit the top of the water. I'm like, whoa. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, wait, my lure's out there sitting kind of on the top. (laughs) <laughs> no way! A fish came up and top water hit it,
0: and you weren't even working it or anything, right?
1: Nothing, nothing. It was just sitting just out there, sitting there, you know, in the in the wave and the current were just kind of like just you know maybe making it rock a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean it was just sitting there. It wasn't doing much, and so pretty much what happened is you know I get that line out of my reel and I click it over, and I you know a couple turns in and boom, hook. And I was like, whoa, what is this? And just to remind you, I'm using bass tackle, a seven yeah. eleven rod and a um, you know, five zero one gear ratio reel and with twenty fa- with twenty pound fluorocarbon. And this fish was just like giving me a ride. All I was doing was just loading up, leaning back, and this fish was just going where it wanted to, and you know, when I got my chance to reel in, I reeled in you know, it wasn't really peeling drag or, you know, but it was just like pretty much having a feisty dog on the other end of the other line. <laughs> and he just wanted to go places real quick before he wanted to come to you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: it was, it was really, really fun. And, um, you know, I was like, Oh my gosh. And, you know, my buddy was like, Oh my gosh, you got a Benito. And I was like, this is a Benito. Really? He's like, yeah. I was like, well, this is crazy. So you know, I didn't even know at the point in time, because I'm so used to bass, freshwater bass fishing, you know, catch and release. Mm-hmm. So I just threw the bonito back in, and he looked at me all weird, and I was like, he's like, you know, we could have kept that. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, you know, pe- I was like, you know, people don't really look at them as, like, good fish, but, you know, it, you can make really good ceviche out of them, and you can smoke them. And, you know, you know, it's just how you prepare it, really, and, you know, it's, it's not that bad. And I was like, oh, man, all right, well, you know what? So right back out there, and I start ripping it, mm-hmm. just pretty much using my whole—I like turning my whole body and then reeling at the same time, and just going like very fast. Boom! I I hook up into another one, and he's giving me another ride for my life. <laughs> and then we call and then you know, pull him up. You know, I'm like, oh my gosh! I'm I'm just like I'm so ecstatic at this point. So I'm like, oh, wh- I found something! I found something that works right now, especially in the last hour of us fishing here. So yeah. uh pretty much, you know, again bring it out there <laughs> ooh, 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 ooh. bang another hit and i'm like oh my gosh this one's bigger so i'm pretty much sitting back on this bonito and i'm like okay 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 where are you taking me where are you taking me and i was just having a good time well my buddy who was fishing up in the front because he didn't want to you know guide the boat or anything like that mm-hmm. or drive on the ocean I-, I wasn't afraid at all you know it's, yeah you know, we're just on the ocean you know it's like we're not going to hit anything that massive if it is that massive then we'll be able to see it and, you know, avoid it accordingly. But, you know, he was, he didn't want to drive, so I drove the little boat and everything and stuff like that. And, you know, he's just looking at me and he's like, you know what? I I need to stop doing live bait. So he's over there fiddling with his tackle and he throws on something. And at that point he catches a a Benito. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, nice, good job. You know, like, you know, you caught one too. But, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, yeah, but you've been catching everything else the whole day. (laughs) <laughs> and um, and so pretty much um you know he he's like oh okay, we're going to keep this one too so we had two of them in the um you know the you know little you know live bucket we had mm-hmm. and um then all of a sudden I cast out there again will 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 bang another another just a nice solid just thud just like just hitting that lure And you know I'm fighting it, you know, kind of like going back and forth with it, watching the rod just kind of like scream, like ah, why are you doing this to me? This isn't a freshwater bass. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, it's just it was it was fun. And then this is where it really gets interesting. In the Pacific Ocean, the record barracuda is nine pounds three ounces or nine pounds eight ounces, like give or take on the that nine pound area. Okay. But they don't get as big as they really do like where where you're at in Florida yeah. on the East Coast. And okay. you know, so running running into like a nice size, you know, maybe uh you know, in this case a three foot CUDA mm-hmm. is, is something of like a trophy fish. Oh
2: wow. And,
1: and you know, it and so it's like, you know, I I don't I you know, I know a lot of people kind of consider barracuda like not that great. But I know like towards the Bahamas and the, you know the Keys and stuff like that. Some islands, you know, they they'll eat, they'll eat bonito. It's just how you prepare it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, yeah, I think that goes with any fish, really. Right. And so I go out there thinking that there's nothing but bonito, and I'm ripping it, ripping that, ripping that bait. Wow, 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 boom! And I was like, whoa, what is this? And all of a sudden, you know, my buddy is like, you know, he's like, whoa, this is this rod that rod you have and stuff like that and how you're fighting this fish and how it's like, you know, working you to the left side of the boat all the way to the right side mm-hmm. of the boat in a matter of seconds, he knew it was something bigger and different too. Yeah. So he put down his tackle and stuff like that. And, um, he was like, I was like, what is this dude? I was like, what is this? This is insane. And that started actually pulling my drag a little bit.
0: Oh yeah. They'll do that. And I was
1: like. I was like, oh my gosh. And then all of a sudden we see a nice silver flash. And he's like, You you're on a CUDA, you're on a CUDA. And I was like, What? So, you know, he's like, Alright, alright. And he's kind of like not knowing what to do and stuff like that. And uh, you know, he goes and grabs his net, which isn't a what which isn't even a big net. Mm-hmm. I have a bigger fishing net to land my land bass with than he brought <laughs> with us to catch or land these fish with. And I've never met a person who is more concerned about getting treble hooks caught up in their net <laughs> than landing the fish itself. I was just like, "Oh my gosh!" I was like, "You know what? If I catch the fish and the hooks get in the treble, the treble hooks or whatever get in the net, I will take it out.
0: <laughs> I'll pick them out. and
1: not and not ruin the net. And you can get back to fishing, but let's not lose any fish." And, you know, he didn't want to bring a gaff. You know, my buddy Jay, who owned the boat rental place, was like, hey, you guys want to take a gaff out there with you? And I look at him I'm like, hey, that'd be a good idea. And he's like, no, nah, we're good. You know, I brought a net. You know, I brought everything, with you. you know, I was like, <laughs> all right, well, you know what? You know, I'm not going with a charter boat or anything like that. I'm just going with a guy who kind of knows about saltwater fishing. In mm-hmm. a boat boat, we're just heading out there. So I'm, I'm, I'm taking his word. So uh, at this point, the cuda gets close to the boat. And I'm looking, at, looking down at the water at it. And I'm not even kidding you. I'm about six foot, six foot, six foot one, six foot tall. This Cuda was about three feet. Oh, wow. From, my, from the ankle of my foot all the way to my hip. That's like, a, that's give or take three feet.
0: Yeah, that's a nice one.
1: I was like, I was speechless. I was so speechless. And he was freaking out because it was a Barracuda that big. Yeah. And he was trying to net it in a net not so big. Right. So pretty much, what ends up happening, and oh my gosh, this this makes my stomach turn every time I talk about it. But you know, it, it's fishing and not catching, and I do realize that. Mm-hmm. So pretty much, he tries to go and net it. Okay, well, this barracuda just is too fast for him. He misses. I don't know what exactly happens, but I'm looking over and I'm I'm trying to grab him by the tail. Yeah, and have him. You know, net him by the the head.
2: Right. What ends up
1: happening is he tries to net him on the head, through the head, and just and we just get him up. And you know, like I said, like I'm lucky I got to touch him because what ended up happening is he head shook and hit against the side of the boat, Mm.
2: which knocked
1: the lure loose right into the net, and he just took off a (laughs) beeline. And I and I'm kind of like I kind of stand back and I'm just kind of like my jaws dropped and he yep. looks back at me like with the face of like, Oh man, I think I really messed up. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, please don't tell me we lo- you lost that fish. Please tell me you did not lose that fish. <laughs> yeah. I was just so let down. I was like, Oh my gosh. I had to like take a two second break and just kind of just, you know, get my wits back. I'm like, you know what? All right. Lesson learned. Not going fishing with this guy again. <laughs>
0: Well, Jackson, man, that was a really cool story, and it's just a a lot of fun talking to you today. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing with us. Thank
1: you. No problem. I really appreciate talking with you today.
0: If you're new to podcasts, there's a simple way to get our latest episodes delivered straight to your mobile device. For iOS, just click on the purple podcast icon. For Android, click on the play music icon. Then search for Telltale Fisherman, hit subscribe, and get ready to enjoy the most epic fishing adventures in the world. This has been the Telltale Fisherman Podcast. Thanks for sharing another great tale with us. Be sure to check out the show notes page for more info on today's show and the gear we talked about. Keep those lines tight and we'll catch you next time
2: right here on the Telltale Fisherman Podcast.